today the Public Order Emergency Commission said that the Liberal government did meet the very high threshold uh, for invoking the Emergencies Act during the Freedom Convoy protests last winter. You may recall it was an incredibly polarizing time uh, across Canada as we watched tra- what transpired on the streets of Ottawa. Now, Justice Paul Rouleau's report, which is more than 2,000 pages long, uh, describes in painstaking detail how the protests began and how things uh, transpired. And while I haven't read all of it, uh, from what I've seen so far, uh, there's definitely lots of blame to go around. The protesters were unruly and unlawful at times. A prime minister whose comments, uh, to a certain degree, may have inflamed the situation. You had the Ottawa Police Service that uh, was, uh, some would argue, overwhelmed and unprepared for the protest, and an Ontario government that refused to get involved, even though what was happening was transpiring uh, in their province. Now, Prime Minister Trudeau was asked about some of the comments he made uh, during that period. Uh, He spoke to the media a couple of hours ago. Take a listen. And as much as I tried to emphasize throughout the time that, of course, we're always going to stand up for freedom of speech and freedom to protest peacefully. I wish I hadn't said something that was able to be spread larger. Um, If I had chosen my words a bit careful, a bit more specific, I think things might have been a bit easier. Now, we've had a lot of calls on our buzz lines as well uh, on this issue, and I know it's very polarizing. Here's some of the comments. I believe that uh, if there's a situation that you need to be taken care of, and he had plenty of time, people traveled across this country for days and days and days and knew they were coming, and he could even just made up some kind of little speech or little blurb or something and actually showed that he took some kind of interest in what not just the truckers, but the tens of thousands of people that supported them all the way across this country. I appreciate that caller uh, giving us a call on the buzz line. Call us at 604-331-2899. I would say as well uh, that the trucking industry itself wasn't supportive of this, number one. And as I've said in the first hour of this show, uh, you can't just show up on Parliament Hill and demand a, a meeting with a private citizen or private citizens demanding a meeting with the prime minister of this country. It just doesn't work that way. The minute he, as our caller said, just showed up and maybe came out and delivered a speech, well, then the next group will want that. And who are these particular individuals to demand that from an elected official? I'm not talking about your local MLA. I'm talking about the prime minister of Canada. There's lots to um, sort of uh, peel away here and discuss. And our next guest has followed this very closely. She's been on this show before, and I've always appreciated her comments. Sandy Garasino is a former Crown prosecutor and a columnist with the National Observer. Sandy, thank you for joining us today. Great to talk to you, Jeff. It's It's, been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, there's lots to unpack here. First of all, just to broadly, your thoughts on this uh, particular report from uh, Justice Rouleau. Well, it's really interesting. I'm, I'm not surprised by the conclusion. At the same time, it was a little bit it, there, there was a bit of a leap involved there because, as you know, the definition of a threat to national security in the legislation was that it was supposed to be defined by the CSIS Act, which was pretty tight and narrow. And I was, um, I was curious to know, would the justice find a way to sort of broaden that out and get himself some room, which he did do. That, to me, is the, is the number one con- is the number one takeaway is that the the um, uh, Emergencies Act language 
is pretty tight. It, it, it really ties the government's hands pretty tightly. And uh, I, I thought that the, the justice kind of opened that up a little bit. That, that was a bit of a surprise to me. So as a former Crown prosecutor, you, you think this is healthy so that next time, let's hope there's not a next time, but if there is a next time, and in a nation's history, there generally is uh, these these inflection points. Um, we should be focusing on what is what should an emergency act look like, and what should be declared an emergency. But it shouldn't be just narrowly defined by ceases. They, that should include our national police agency as well. Well, well, it should. And, and just to, just to give a little bit of a contrast, you know, the um, um, uh, the ceases act actually defines uh, threats to national security. But that could also be we can we can have a declaration of an emergency, or the, rather the emergencies act. Um, you can have a declaration of an emergency as we did uh, when we had the, uh, the, the flooding a, mm-hmm. a year and a half ago, uh, a natural disaster emergency. And the, and the requirements are very, very broad, and it's not, it's not uh, treated in this, in this extremely narrow way. Um, there was, I think the drafting of this came about because of the excesses of the War Measures Act and the anxiety of Parliament to to really, you know, bring that under control and to make sure that the legislation abided by Charter of Rights. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is getting highly technical and probably boring. Most of no, but listeners. it's it's important. It is important because I think people need to believe that. that I mean, I think. Is there blame to be pointed in the direction of the prime minister? Absolutely. He probably should have chose his words uh, carefully. But I got to tell you, when it comes to leadership, where was Doug Ford in all of this? This is your province, right? And I've never seen a a leader just hiding, didn't didn't want to touch it, didn't want to be near it. And, uh, you know, just... just... Yeah, and and that is really where I think, you know, subtly and in very judicious language... That's really where this report is going, and that's where the attention should be, because this was not an emergency caused by people protesting. This was an emergency, and, and Justice Rouleau is careful to say that the vast majority of protesters were exercising their uh, lawful rights, their democratic rights to protest. That's not what the problem was. The problem was that the police entirely failed wholly and completely. And policing in this context is a provincial jurisdiction. This was Doug Ford's to own. And somehow it's got shunted onto uh, the prime minister's, uh, got put onto his desk to deal with because the, the emergency was that the police had utterly failed. That mm-hmm. was the emergency. And we've got to remember there were, you know, there were other incidents even, I think, along the Alberta-U.S. Yep. border in regards to a vehicle uh, in Kutsia. And, and so there is that element. And people would say, well, it's a small element, but it's an element that is incredibly engaged, emboldened, and that's all you need uh, to, to, to do things uh, that may be illegal and harmful uh, to people as well. Uh, broadly, just for a moment, and I know it's a tough question to answer, we just step away from that moment in our history. Um, where do you think we are in the era of populism? Some have said, look, Trump's popularity is waning, although he wants to be president again. Uh, are we in the early stages of populism waning, or do you think we are still in the midst of, um, of, of this populist movement that is still straining our, our institutions and, and they're having difficulty uh, trying to um, comprehend and deal with the challenges that are before us? Such an interesting question, Jeff, because I, I, wish I, I wish I knew. I wish I had a crystal ball, but I see a tension of two different trends going on. Um, 
disinformation and misinformation is extremely profitable and it's very easy to produce. Look at Alex Jones, who amassed a net worth of hundreds of millions of dollars uh, while he was, you know, spreading all these lies and disinformation about the families, the, the Sandy Hook parents. Um, and he was involved in spreading disinformation and misinformation about the convoy and about vaccines and about Canadian policy. Uh, we had a lot of misinformation, disinformation spread uh, by Americans, by, by Fox News, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Ben Shapiro, Ted Cruz. There was a huge, Donald Trump himself. There's, there, there is, uh, and, and it and it is profitable. And look at what we're seeing now with the uh, Dominion voting uh, machines lawsuit in the United States with Fox News, where all of those uh, key public figures were privately um, admitting that they knew that, the, that Donald Trump's claims were complete horse manure um, and and they were wrong, but they spread them and they pushed them. And they, they pushed all this disinformation knowingly for ratings because they were concerned about revenues. So the, things that, the thing that's interesting to me is how easy it is to make money using disinformation and misinformation and how easy it is for that to spread into ordinary platforms. At the same time, I don't know, Jazz, I'm interested in your thoughts about this. I feel like people are just tired of it all. They just want an end to like all of this incredible drama all the time. I don't know about you, but I feel like you know family members, people that I know who you know a year ago were all upset about vaccines and policy and all this kind of stuff, and everybody just sort of, can we just get over it now? You mm-hmm. know, sit down to Thanksgiving and forget about it. No, I think you raise a very good point. I think people are tired. In fact, I think the midterms in the U.S. election, I think, uh, yeah. was a really. Uh, uh, a reminder to the Republicans that, look, we've had enough. Uh, and sometimes th- these lessons are learned slowly. But uh, the reason I asked you that previous question about populism winning, I think it's going to take still a few more years. But I think we're heading in that direction because mm-hmm. people are tired of fighting. I think we're going through a generational reset, technical disruption, mm-hmm. geopolitical disruption with the rise of Asia, demographic disruption with the rise of a millennial generation that perhaps, well, we have similar values, but the priorities may be different. Add to that those three elements that I've just raised, inequality, and you have mm-hmm. that you had the, the the all of that sort of the key ingredients for populism mm-hmm. but i also believe as this generational reset and we're in the midst of it now we will be onward to better years and we're always going to have things to debate and, and issues to talk about but i think this particular nasty part of our politics and, and less respectful period will come to an end. And I'm, I'm an optimist by nature, and I think it's going to get there. And perhaps these reports that we were talking about today is part of that to shine some light on where we can all sort of reflect uh, on how we could do better. I'm glad the prime minister is doing doing that. And I also reflect on maybe I should have asked better questions. Maybe I should be a better listener. I think that's all part of it. And the fact that you're bringing it up as well, that we just, we just are, all want to move on and let's talk about other issues that also impact people, inflation, uh, uh, housing here in, in British Columbia and Vancouver and affordability and all those other issues mm-hmm. that we all mm-hmm. have to get there together. So I think we're getting there. Uh, I think, think we're in the midst of probably two or three more years of polarized politics before we get to that sort of promised land. It's not perfect, but I think we're getting there, and I'm an optimist. I so. hope so. <laughs> I, 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 hope you're, I hope you're right. I think, I think it's certainly the Canadian way. We want to get, we want to be together. We want to, um, uh, we, we, we do want to 
to be a united nation. I don't think that we want to be fighting with each other and hateful about all these things all the time. No. It's, it's too demanding. It's exhausting. <laughs> exactly. Sandy, thank you for your time. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs>